Welcome to 20% Time, a podcast that takes you behind the scenes of Titan, a web consultancy based out of Chicago, but entirely remote and spread out all over the place. We specialize in Laravel, a PHP framework, which if you're listening to this, you probably know that, but we're often pairing that with any number of JavaScript frameworks, libraries, and all sorts of other tools to get our job done. I'm your host, Dave Picking, and this week I'm joined by the wonderful Kristen Collins, a lead programmer here at Titan. Kristen, how are you? I'm doing well, Dave. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, For people who don't know you, who haven't met you, who haven't interacted with you online, who are you? What are you? What do you what do you do? Yeah, it's hard to interact with me online. I'm actually not on social media um, very much. So not in the uh, the Twitter sphere. Um, You're not yeah, on Twitter so, all day long. No, no, never. <laughs> actually, <laughs> might be might be a smart move. Yeah, um, I thought that um, the social media sphere was getting pretty toxic, um, mm. actually. So I just kind of bowed out of it. And I just kind of do my own thing now. And um you know, I do it old school, call the people I want to talk to and uh, text them. Um, but yeah, so probably a lot of people don't know me. My name is Kristen. Um, I've been a web developer for, I don't know, a long time now. I had a couple of jobs. Um, I got, I started working for Titan after I sent them an email. Um, I think it was Matt who responded to it. Uh, love letter basically said, hey, you guys sound great. And the way that I like to work. So could you give me a shot? And they said, well, keep in mind if we have a job. So um, so I started working here and uh, now I'm a lead and I've just been having tons of fun building, you know, open source work and doing different types of client projects and building my skill set. So it's been a lot of fun. That's that's great. And I, I love when when people come on the show and they they start with how wonderful Titan is. It's great. It makes it it really makes it sound <laughs> like you're telling the company line. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, Kristen's wonderful. <laughs> and it's it's funny that you were just talking about how, you know, sort of a, a little bit of the, of the work you do, because a part of doing that work uh, for every dev is knowing kind of like your tool set. Like, what are you working with every day? And you're you're on the show this uh, this week. Because you want to talk a little bit about, I think, your favorite tools is generally the idea, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So um, most of the places that I've worked have their own set of software tools that they'll want to use for um, Git management or their IDEs for code. Um, But there's also a lot of tools out there that make web development easier. And especially if you're a freelancer, there's a lot of stuff out there that's free um, that you can just sort of get your feet wet with. So I wanted to introduce people to maybe some stuff they haven't heard before. That's great. Um, before we start diving into specifics, I'm just curious about your general approach. Are you kind of, because some people, I probably fall into this category, I'm, I am sometimes always on the lookout for like, what's the next thing I could try, which of course then becomes a rabbit hole and you just end up, you know, it's the problem with to-do lists, right? Every time you try a new app, you get you feel very excited, but that's just because it's a new app. Are you always looking for kind of new dev tools? Do you tend to stick with what works and only reach for something new on occasion? Or how do you approach that? So mostly my experience has been um, need-based. So I'll have a particular need for something and then go looking for it. Um, I also do attend more conferences now in my career. So I think I'm exposed to more tools now than I have to go out and look for. And I sort of bookmark them and go, oh, that would be very useful. Um, But for the most part, this list is just compiled from a need. I was working on a project. I had a specific need and I found something that I really enjoy using. That's great. So where do you want to start? Um, Let me see. So I think that 
A really great one to start with, especially for new devs out there, is this dev tool called ColorMind. Mm. It's actually a website, colormind.io, and it's a free service that basically lets you generate color palettes for a web application. So it'll generate all of your color palettes if you want to, but recently I was building something for a Titan blog post, um, and I decided to do it around the theme of Carmen San Diego. And if anyone's popular with that, you know that there's like a distinct red color. It's and a great I was color scheme. Wonderful, <laughs> right? And I was able to just pop in that red color as my main, you know, brand color that I wanted. And it generated a lot of other colors that go well with it. Mm. So I didn't have to spend a lot of time because I'm not necessarily the best at designing web applications. I didn't have to spend time thinking about what colors went with that red. It just kind of generates it for you. And it gives you a lot of good examples of how to use those colors in a cohesive way. That's nice. Does it does it do it does it sort of keep in mind this is my hobby horse, I apologize. Does it keep in mind like accessibility in any way? Because sometimes when you generate colors, um, you know, if you're if you're trying to pick a color scheme, uh, there are some companies uh, including Titans that sometimes fall in this trap. You have this fantastic, great primary like color for a, a brand, and it's it's tough to to make work with with uh, with with white text or to make it accessible. Does ColorMind keep that in mind at all? It does. Excellent. So it generates uh, five different colors for you okay. outside of your basic error text or success text. So yeah. it generates five colors, and you'll have a dark brand color and a light brand color. And that corresponds with a dark text and a light text. So it'll pick up on, you know, oh, if your brand color is dark, it'll go ahead and pair that with something that is a lighter text to sort of pop that out for accessibility. It's very nice. That's very nice. Excellent. Colormind.io. Great. All right. That's a, And it's free. It's free. Use. Even um, better. Yeah. It's great. Um, the guy who made it, um, he also provides material kit downloads. So if you work with the material kit kind of framework or aesthetic, um, you can pay for those and then you can download them and then you don't have to do the custom configurations yourself, which is nice. Um, I have done that before on one of my projects, but it's optional to pay for. Excellent. It's a good first one. What, uh, what else? So that's, that's for colors. That's if, you know, um, yeah, because I feel like color like getting a color palette, I, there, I'm sure there are some people listening to this when that's a part of what they need to do, that is very exciting for them. But I, I know that there are also quite a few devs listening to this who are like, I I get very afraid when I have to do that. So that's that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, the next thing that I use heavily, um, that I'm actually using a lot in my current role right now is, um, it's an application called Whimsical. And it's free for a couple of documents. Um, and Whimsical is really nice because it has the structure to let you map out data, like database object models I'll use it for. Um, but they also have a lot of components for wireframing. Um, it's not as robust as some of the other wireframe tools that people will use for professionalism. But especially if you're just trying to get things on a page yeah. and figure out you know, the idea of where stuff's going to go, um, especially for a developer, it's really nice to just be able to play around with that with the database model. You can put it directly above it um, because all of their objects interact with each other. And so Marcus and I have been using this a lot on our current projects um, because it's a multi-tenancy environment. And if anyone's worked on multi-tenancy before, you'll know that the database structure has to be really thought out ahead of time. 
um, because you want to make sure that all of your relationships are defined going into it. So being able to kind of drag those around and then also build wireframes based off of it has been really great. And like I said, it's it's free for your first four documents. Mm. And from what I can tell, the documents are endless. Right, um, right. <laughs> I haven't run into an issue with a page running out. Um, so it's a really great tool. And then if you end up you know, working in a team environment or wanting to share it, I think it's pretty reasonably priced after that. Yeah. So um, do you find that, because sometimes when you're, when you're using a tool to sort of just get stuff on a page, you know, some of them, there's, there's, there's always a fine line between like how quick can you work with it versus how polished uh, does it end up, right? There's always that kind of continuum of when you, when you're trying to do wireframing at all, do you find that with Whimsical, you feel comfortable enough, like sharing that with, maybe a client like it does it does it look okay enough for that or do you tend to use whimsical just for like nah this is just for me my internal team so we know what's going on um i have shared this these yeah. mock-ups with the client um they didn't provide their own designs right and some people can definitely be turned off when something is not hyper polished oh that's a so whole I think other you, conversation Kristen. yeah so i do <laughs> i do think you have to judge your client right yeah, yeah, you have yeah. to kind of figure out what they're comfortable with but with my client that I'm working with right now, they honestly, it's it's good to have like a base for communication. Yeah. You know, sometimes if you just tell people, oh, I have a book, right? They picture a paperback book, right? Maybe their favorite colorful title. Other people might picture a leather back book with like a hard spine, right? So sometimes just having a picture that everybody can reference, even if it's not hyper polished, to just say, "Hey, this is what I picture an avatar looking right. like, right?" Or this is what I picture a sidebar looking like. It really helps drive a conversation forward and helps you build out that functionality faster. For sure, uh, my my phrase of the year is that words are tricky, right? And so, anytime you can have something where you have a, a shared way to understand what a word means. To, you know, because like even if it's something like, okay, we need to build a login page, there's actually a little bit of complex, there's, there's some hidden complexity there and there are assumptions, right? And if you say a login page and whether it's your client or if you're if you're a dev at an internal company, your stakeholder, um, you know, they hear login page and they're thinking, oh, well, I can log in with maybe Google and I can log in with this or, you know, and I can have all this stuff versus no, 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 it's like a box right. with like some some fields in it. It's like real base, you know. Getting to defining like it's to me what I what I've enjoyed about watching you use Whimsical is like it really helps sort of it's a very convenient way to have an excuse almost or have a really good reason to say let's make sure we're on the same page when you say this because here's right. the visual thing that I mean and it's certainly more polished than than me scribbling something on an iPad so absolutely <laughs> that's the key <laughs> all right Whimsical great choice. Um, let me see. Oh, so I will kind of promote one of the paid services that I use, I guess. Yeah. This this talk is not sponsored by anyone, by the <laughs> way, but if someone would like to, that'd be great. Um, there is this great tool that I love um, that I found when I was freelancing, and it's called AvoCode, like avocado, but AvoCode. And um, it's fantastic. So basically what it does is it allows you to import pretty much any image or design file you want to. Like it'll take a P anything from a PNG to a full-blown, you know, PSD design file. You import it and it allows you to perform inspections on those images 
just like you would a, you know, an actual editor, right? And that may sound like, okay, yeah, but Photoshop can do that stuff too. Well, Photoshop can be expensive for a freelance developer. Um, when I first started with AvoCode, I think it was $13 a year. Um, they have up their price since then because they've gotten a lot more robust features and they yeah. really deserve it, honestly. Um, but it's a lot cheaper than some of the other options out there. And what I really enjoy about it is that it also lets me inspect PNGs. So when I was freelancing, I would get a lot of people who would just send me, you know, a phone picture or, you know, they draw something out. And if you have, you know, a Photoshop program, you know, you can only accept things in a certain format, right? Mm. But with AvoCode, you can take pretty much any design file that people were already working with and you can bring it into your environment. Sounds handy. Oh, I love it. Like yeah. I said, what, I, um, it feels like I one use of those, it all the time. Is that one of those <laughs> things you just reach, you, you find yourself reaching for often? Often. Yeah. Um, not so much uh, working at Titan. Um, mm. Titan kind of gives us, again, I'm plugging, but now I'm not going to We, we look, look, we love um, <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, you kind so, of are kidding. <laughs> not getting paid oh, yeah. for the podcast, but <laughs> it yeah. is 20% time. Right. It's not sponsored, but yeah. Um, yeah. So um, Titan kind of gives us a lot of available tools. We have a designer on hand, Noemi. Um, she does a lot of work, you know, as far as getting, you know, the right colors or right. telling me how to do something. Um, it hasn't really been an issue, except for, I think on one project, I did have to pull it in just because um, the client was really specific about spacing, but they only gave us PDFs, mm. right? And so- <laughs> You love PDF getting PDF, yeah, that's, that's super helpful. <laughs> no, I mean, like, it's better than nothing, but you're not gonna get yeah. pixel perfect accuracy out of a PDF. And and that's what they wanted, yeah. right? And so that's when I found myself going back to Avocode because it has the little ruler function on any image. I was able to import that PDF, get a ruler, draw the line, and get the appropriate pixel length between it. So it was pretty great. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. All right. Uh, well, what's up next? Let me see. Well, another handy free tool that's out there. Mm. Um, that I was using is called Ico Moon. And what it does is it will create a font file for you out of images and SVGs. So SVGs can be super handy for displaying icons. I know we use them a lot. Um, but honestly, unless the framework really is set up to handle SVGs, sometimes it can be really hard to get those SVGs in line with text or to get it to transition to a different color um, when you're hovering over the state. Um, also, if you just have a PNG version of something, obviously that's not going to work uh, for an icon, right? Yeah. So Ico Moon is a free service. Um, they provide a lot of their own icons for free, um, but you can import any type of icon file, like I said, PNG, SVG, and it will generate a font file for you based off of that. So just like how Font Awesome has their own font for their icons, um, you can generate your own and just import it. And then you would use your icons the same way. Yeah, that's really handy at a place, again, we're plugging Titan, like Titan, where sometimes, you know, especially if it's a project where we have Noemi on it, where she's often like generating custom icons for a client for whatever reason, right? Well, typically we often use, we love Tailwind, we'll often use Tailwind and we'll use hero icons or we'll use whatever, but sometimes you need something custom that's similar or in a different style and 
Yeah, that does sound kind of handy. Yeah. And so just like with a font, right, it helps you create responsive sizes for those icons. It helps you change the color a lot easier if you're doing it like inside of a button with text. You don't have to update, you know, a different, you don't have to write different styles for the SVG versus the text because that font file is now text. So it's pretty great. And I've used it uh, recently on some of my own projects as well. And it's one of those things I just go back to time and time again. Oh, one of the other things I introduced to a couple of people that I work with at Titan is um, it's a software called Shift. And it's not Laravel Shift. Not Laravel Shift, which we love. We love. (laughs) Which I love. Uh, But it's something completely different. Um, It's an app manager. So it's like one single app that houses other apps. So it lets me switch Mm. between email, Slack, Trello, pretty much everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm one of the few devs in the world that doesn't have 100 tabs open on her screen. Um, (laughs) I like to keep things very organized, and I like to be able to find it quickly. And so Shift is something that I pay for every year. But it's like $100 a year. It's super worth it for me because, like I said, I can keep everything organized kind of in, you know, a list view. Um, It also helps with notifications because... I know what I haven't read or what I have read based on the application itself. I don't have to keep toggling back and forth. You know, I just have all my notifications in one kind of purview. And it saves me from having a million tabs open at one time. So I love it. I use it every day, personally and professionally. (laughs) No, no, that's that's great. Because I wanted to ask you, you know, because some of these... some of these awesome tools that you mentioned, they almost sound almost like a little under the radar. You know, you don't really hear people talking a lot of, a lot about them. Um, do you have things like whether it's shift where that you can kind of consider your essentials, like your day-to-day things that you rely on? I mean, obviously I'm assuming you have a, you have an IDE or a text editor you rely on, but are there other things that are kind of like, yes, these are my day-to-days? Yeah. So, I mean, shift is a big one. Yeah. It's my email client manager. It's my Slack manager, you know, Trello board manager. Like I do, I use it every day personally and professionally to manage all of my stuff. Um, I use, I mean, I think everybody uses GitHub now. That's probably a bad thing to say um, because they're competitors, but um, all my personal projects and professional projects are in GitHub. I've used other services, but I always go back to GitHub just because of its ease of use. Um, My favorite IDE of all time is (laughs) PHP Storm. Mm. Is that what you Um, use currently though? Yeah. Okay. I use it. For everything. I even try to use it, you know, for projects that aren't PHP-based, which is ridiculous. <laughs> I have to download different JetBrains products. But um, what I like about it is that I do like doing a lot of things manually with my project work. And mm. I like having that terminal toggle. But there are things that I don't like having to set up in every project, right? I don't like having to set up PHP unit for every single project to run my test coverage. Right. I don't like having to manually run a linter, right? When I'm saving my files. Yeah. So there's stuff that that IDE takes care of. Um, I also had to use it recently um, to track my Git history and it had some really great interfaces for Git management and working through your branches. Um, I use it to resolve merge conflicts because even though I am. 
even though it's, it sounds like it would be a lot of fun to just scroll through a whole file and look for hash code, right? Well, I sounds, mean, that sounds great. Like a great time. It's a great time. It's a great use of your time too. I'm right. sure. Right. Um, but I love in my editor that I can just click the root project folder and mm. say and go down to the Git tab and be like, oh, hey, I need to resolve my merge conflicts. And it will pull up all the files for me that contain merge conflicts and specifically pull it out for me. And there's a lot of Git managers out there that will do it. But I like having it directly within my ID. Yeah, you want it all again, in place. I don't. Yeah, I don't like a lot of windows. I don't like a lot of tabs. So I like just having it there. I was going to say, I've got this mental image. You've got like shift on one side of your screen, maybe like very small because you want to. But then you've got PHP Storm taking up a lot of your, your main screen. Yep, definitely. And then my secondary screen is used for like my browser just to display the application that right. I'm working on and some documentation. Yeah. Okay. All right. Any other day-to-day essentials that you can't live without? I mean, I use my terminal a lot. That's yeah. one of the reasons why I'm a dedicated Mac user now, um, because I can't I can't do PowerShell and I will <laughs> never do that again in my life. Um, but I am. I'm very used to the terminal. Yeah. I use Homebrew a lot for my customizations. Um, I do a lot of file structure stuff through my terminal as well. Um, I've configured my Bash RC profile recently, so I have some nice coloring to my terminal and you know style. So that's when I use all the time. So. This is maybe a bit of an aspirational question, I guess, but like, are there any tools that you, that you use or either whether it's on occasion or, or regularly that you, you kind of wish were like a little better or like that you kind of wish had a feature that would just make your life so much easier? Yeah. So, okay. So maybe I'll throw somebody under the bus here. We could do it gently. Yeah. So <laughs> what I really, what I really want. Yeah you know, in its entirety, but is to have a, like, kind of a library of code that I use a lot. And I'd like for it to be multi-language. So you, like, I take all my notes in bear, which is a markdown. So I could tag it that way, but it doesn't copy and paste well. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm, if I'm building something, let's say, you know, a component in Tailwind, right? Yeah. You have the Tailwind playground, but I'd like to save that locally so that, you know, maybe in my IDE, I could like save a component and then pull it in mm. or um, or just have some sort of application that I could quickly navigate through that I could copy and paste because there's a lot of things that you end up reusing a lot of the time, um, specifically based around users, right? Like I was saying, displaying avatars or displaying default avatars, um, login or authentication stuff that you use all the time, roles and permissions. I would really love to have my own library of reusable components that are in every language. Um, Currently, I haven't found that. Integrate, integrated into, into PHP Storm, of course. Yeah, that would be ideal sure. if, is if it was integrated into PHP Storm so that I could just insert that in a function or look it up very quickly. This Maybe this could be our next 20% project. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we always... Oh, need... maybe I should build that for myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure, we, we have, you know, we don't exactly need more uh, uh, open source projects to tell you, but I, I mean, that would, sounds like it'd be very useful, actually. Yeah, I would love it. And it would be nice to be able to share it with members of the team so that you kind of have this collective 
it would almost be like a code library, right? Yeah, Where you yeah, have yeah. this like collective way of checking stuff out or putting stuff in kind of mm, thing. Interesting. So here's a, so I, I kind of started with a sort of almost philosophical pre, uh, question about like your approach to tools. I want to kind of mm-hmm. come back to something like that, which is more like not your approach to tools, but sort of, I think one place where people, I'm one of these people, even though I'm not a dev, get stuck is kind of like, first of all, like sorting through, or also just like getting stuck with like, I don't know, like over that hump of, well, this kind of looks useful, but I don't know, do I really want to learn this something new or whatever? And it sounds like you have your tried and and true tools that you stick to, but obviously like you reach for these very specific things when you find that they solve a problem. Like, do do you find that you have to like kind of work to get over that hump of like, man, do I really want to do this? Do I want to change my workflow? Or is that, you know, is it just kind of like, hey, if I need it, I need it. And I go from there. Do you kind of get, I guess, basically, do you get like bogged down in decision fatigue or in kind of like, well, do I want this or do I not want this? Or is it pretty straightforward? I do. And sometimes I try to trade out for things to like optimize it even more or sometimes save time or save money. Um, You know, I've tried different IDEs than PHP Storm a lot. Try a lot of different things oh. <laughs> over my career. I think that's a, um, that's like a right that's a rite of passage for 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 most devs, right? And you know, sometimes you work for companies and they have specific sure. IDEs that they pay for, and they want everyone to use the same one so that you can set up your configuration. Right. Um, as far as that's concerned, I think that you know, I'm now a proponent of find what works best for your workflow and just stick with it and learn how to use it well. Um, hmm. I have gone through, I still work on configuring PHP Storm to be like the best, you know? Um, I recently just figured out how to zoom in on text using my scroll bar. Um, (laughs) That used to be something I did manually. So um, yes, I'd say I still do that from time to time. Um, But for the most part... And I think that's why I wanted to come on and kind of talk about these tools as well, because I do know that people have a hard time picking them. And, Mm. you know, I kind of wanted to say, hey, this is stuff that I use every day and tried it out. So maybe that gives you a little bit more confidence to try it, too. Yeah, that's honestly a great way to kind of sum up what we're talking about here today. And (laughs) I don't even know if I have any great questions for you aside from basically asking. So we talked about some under the radar tools. We talked about some everyday tools. Um, you know, we're a Laravel shop heavily. Are there any Laravel specific tools that you use that you enjoy using that you'd like to plug? <laughs> and if not, that's totally fine. I mean, we sort of mentioned Laravel shift yeah. when I was talking about the different shift. Um, I got introduced to Laravel shift at Titan. Yeah. Previously, I had done all the upgrades manually and, um, oh my gosh, it's so worth the money. It was, I think it was like $12 to upgrade this one application yeah. we were doing. and it blew my mind how fast and easy it was. I was like, $12 for that? Uh, sign me up, you know? Um, so as far as Laravel is concerned, I love the ease of using Shift to upgrade the application. Um, let me see, what's some other stuff? Tinkerwell. Mm. Um, I've used Tinkerwell before. Um, I'm still not, it's not something I reach for every day just because I'm generally within an application. Um, there's very few times that I'm thinking of, oh, I wonder if I can hack on this Laravel function and I don't already have a Laravel application <laughs> set up to handle the, the request. Right, 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 right. 
I used to use it more when I was freelancing because I would try to help people on Stack Overflow and answer questions. And in that context, it's sort of helpful to just kind of have an empty environment so oh, that right. you can plug in that code and yeah, run yeah, yeah. it and then see what the problem is. Um, but that, but it is a good one. Um, I remember when I heard about it at Alaricon because I had been looking for years for something to just, you know, help me out with that. So that's a good one. Yeah, I never thought about it in the context of like if you are trying to help somebody because I, I, you know, we've we've talked about Tinkerwell internally at Titan certainly before. I never thought about it in the context of sort of helping like that Stack Overflow use case, which is really interesting. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Or if, you know, you have someone on a team with you or someone sends you a question, hey, I'm having a hard time with this, you know, plugging in the code makes it makes it super easy. So that was nice. Well, all right. Uh, Kristen, is there anything else about tools that you had on your list of stuff that you wanted to talk about or anything else that you wanted to bring up? Let me see. Um, oh, one fun one. Yeah. Fun, let's end with a fun one. Let's end with a fun one. Yeah. So um, the thing that you utilize a lot when you're creating, you know, applications is lorem ipsum text, right? Everybody has heard of this, lorem ipsum. And, you know, it's just filler text. Well, I like to take it a step further because I'm done with lorem ipsum text by itself. There is a Samuel L. Jackson ipsum out there. Just Google it. And it generates quotes from Samuel L. Jackson from his famous movies. And I find that so much more fun than just general lorem ipsum text. So I go to that one a lot. And it's on my list of things to try to integrate that with the faker PHP library so I can just fake Samuel L. Jackson text. <laughs> that was, I was going to say, try to figure out how to just get that right into, uh, right into PHP Storm. But no, right into faker would be interesting. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. I, you know, you guys that are maintaining it, watch out for that PR for me because <laughs> they're going to look at that. that they're going to the be like, wait, what? <laughs> they're going to be like, um, we are no longer a family friendly company if we integrate. Well, you might you PR. might need a uh, you might need a family friendly toggle or, you know, of, you know, some sort of Boolean to say, you know, yeah, give me yeah. all of it or <laughs> let's pick <laughs> from a, cleaned up. Let's pick from a smaller pool of, of quotes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right, Kristen, thank you so much for uh, joining today. I really appreciate it. This has been uh, a, f a lot of fun. And I, I thought I had heard of every tool that we use at Titan, and there are indeed some that I had no idea about. So this was educational for me. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me on and let me just, you know, talk about stuff that I use. <laughs> it's been fun. Thanks, Dave. Thanks. All right. Can I? Nope. And I'll 